Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up with the what's up? Welcome to another episode of Believe in the Business of Fitness. I'm your host, the coach, Ian Knight, and you are in for a special episode today, like always. All episodes are special, damn it. Shout out to the loyal fan bases out there in Arizona, San Diego, and Seattle. And I want to keep on welcoming all our new listeners across the world. We've got a fantastic guest lineup for you, and you're going to learn a lot. You're really going to learn a lot today. The thing I like the most about this show is the personal stories and lessons from all of our guests. They're intended to assist the next generation of professionals and influencers to help become the next pillars of fitness authority in their communities. Uh, I'm loving the fact that I'm receiving so much feedback in regard to the content, and I'm going to keep it coming your way. Our next guest has produced and written content for the American Council of Exercise, partnered with various fitness companies, and procured the educational content for the now-branded Equinox Clubs on the East Coast. He also has his own podcast called All About Fitness, which highlights the superstars of our industry. Pete McCall is an educational guru in our industry and has his sights focused on bringing his definition of fitness to everyone he can. You guys are in for a special treat, man. You're looking at one of my personal role models when it comes to the podcasting and the fitness industry. Uh, You're in for a special treat. With that said, roll it. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh... I don't get starstruck. I really don't. I've met a lot of what you would call famous people in this world, but I'm going to let you know the guests that we have on today, this is the reason why I got into podcasting, broadcasting, a lot of the on-air stuff that I do. We have Pete McCall. Um, I'm going to let you know right now, his bio is incredibly long, but he has a podcast of his own all about fitness. And it was through that podcast that I actually you know, learned a lot of information that I actually translated into my clients and saw a lot of success. Some of his teachings and his guests have actually propelled me to become a better trainer and a better person in general. So I am just ecstatic to have him on. So like I said, he has his own podcast. He has run the Equinox Gyms in New York for quite a long time. He's not doing that actively anymore. Right now, he's mainly focusing on content. He's written and he's given videos out for ACE, uh, NASM. I'm pretty sure um, the C- National Academy of Strength and Conditioning is in there as well. I don't want to butcher that, but I will let him get into it. But as you can see, you have someone who's very well qualified, very well spoken, someone who's going to give you a lot of knowledge. So all of you high level profi- uh, fitness professionals out there who are ready to start their own business, you're going to learn a lot today. Uh, with that said, Pete, thanks for joining us. Ian, well, thank you so much, man. I, I'm honored, and thank you for for that. Um, and for listeners, it really is. I'm just a guy who enjoys exercise, and it comes easy to me. One thing I want to clarify, though, just to make sure um, it's clear, is I ran uh, the, the chain of health clubs that I was the director of. I was the director of uh, fitness education. We had two clubs in New York City that were purchased by Equinox. We had the Reebok Sports Club on the Upper West Side, and we had the Sports Club LA on the East Side. And I worked for them under a different management structure, and they were purchased by Equinox in 2014 after I'd left the uh, organization. But yeah, no, I, that's that that's it, man. I I just I'm a guy that that loves to sweat, love what exercise can do to the body, and I'm blessed that it comes understanding it comes easy to me. Getting the gains is a different story, but understanding how exercise works comes easy, and, and I'm just I'm just very fortunate to be able to share that with others. Right. Well, one of my philosophies, I think it comes easy to you because you've been doing it for so long and you thoroughly enjoy it. Um, A lot of you guys out there, I'm going to have a lot of links to a lot of his uh, shows and a lot of his writings and teachings. But you are a very high level fitness professional. Um, I mean, like I said, group instruction seems to be your niche. Can you give our listeners a little bit of background um, when you were in the field actively um, really laying down the, uh, the groundwork? No, I appreciate that, Ian, and that's a good uh, that's a good point because you really we're familiar with that concept of uh, ten thousand hours. You know, Malcolm Gladwell made that famous, and I'm really I'm fortunate of the fact that early on I had a couple of good um, kind of good mentors who really advised me that if I want to be successful, I should not only be a personal trainer, but I should also teach group fitness. And and so um, throughout my when I was actively training on a gym floor, I probably uh, taught maybe 10 to 15 classes a week and then um was personal training as well 
at what the group fitness classes taught me was one, how to manage groups two how to speak in front of a group. You want to talk about, um, if anybody has any ambition of being a speaker or presenter and getting into that side of the fitness industry, if you're not teaching group fitness classes, you should start immediately because that is where you get the reps in. You know, that's where you start building the 10,000 hours is every single class you teach is another speaking opportunity to develop your, your craft of being comfortable in front of an audience. That's how, that's how I looked at it, man, is I just looked at it as a um, being able to, and I looked at it as group coaching, right? This was, you know, a number of years ago before group coaching or group small group training became a thing was just really, it's an opportunity to work with more people at one time and create a bigger connection with your audience and with the people who you see on a regular basis. Well, it's uh, I actually like the fact that you brought that up because I actually taught public speaking at Wichita State University for a year while I was finishing up my master's. And one of my students actually asked me, how are you so comfortable doing this? And I had to tell him, listen, I teach three yoga classes a week and a circuit class over at Genesis. I said, I have to be comfortable leading people. I have to know what I'm talking about because if I don't, you can tell the energy is going to fall off in the room. So that's, you know, that's perfect advice right there. So especially for a lot of the young entrepreneurs out there who are really starting to branch off on their own, you got to get comfortable talking in front of a crowd and the more you do it, the easier it gets. Well, and that's just it. it. And with, with group fitness, one of the cool things about it is you're teaching the class. You're not doing it for who you might meet, but the fact is you're going to meet a wide variety of people, all of whom can play a, a role in, in your development is. And what I mean by that is you might be teaching a class and, and there was a couple of lunchtime classes I taught when I lived in Washington, DC and you might have, you know, senior executives from an organization come in, like the VP or the CEO come in for a workout, and they're working out right next to the, you know, to the brand new administrative assistant or to the, you know, 20-something who just got out of their, their graduate program is now working in D.C. So you meet such a wide range of people, and you just have such a different opportunity to interact with different individuals than you do one, with one-on-one personal training. I don't know if you guys just picked up on that, but he pretty much just told you some of the things I always tell everybody. Every client, every person that takes your class, everyone who sends you an email, that's an opportunity to build upon yourself. I, I don't know if that's what you're going for, but I, I definitely picked that up. Well, no, that's exactly it, because you, it's an opportunity to meet people and to create a, a network. And, to cre- and I don't mean that for terms of a lucrative network that you're trying to make money off of them. But you're trying to establish a, a wide net of people who you associate with. And the way I look at it, the way I try to break this down with exercise is exercise allows me to have a positive impact on somebody's day. Mm-hmm. You know, if you and if you come to my class and, and, and I and I firmly believe this, this is this is what has driven me for a number of years. And I can't remember when I kind of came up with this idea or, or developed it. And I probably in all honesty, I probably got it from somebody else. But whether you, you come meet me for a workout one-on-one, whether you come take a class with me, or whether you, you give me 45 minutes of your time to listen to a podcast, you are giving me, Ian, one of your most precious resources. Every day we wake up, we only have 24 hours in that day. And as a fitness professional, if you come see me at some point through that day, whether I'm, I'm teaching a class, I'm doing a workshop, whatever I'm doing, I have to make sure that I value your time that that hour you spend with me or that half hour, that maybe that 10 minutes that you spend reading a blog, I want you to walk away from that interaction with that principle of Kaizen that I just helped you improve by 1%. And that, that really is, is my fundamental goal is that anybody I meet, anybody I interact with, I want them to walk away from that interaction. thinking it was a positive experience. It's like, okay, cool. I, I picked up a little nugget of information or I'm going to think about this maybe a little bit differently. And I try to keep an open mind because I know, like, listen to you talk, man. I know you, you make me think think about things. Oh, I didn't even think about it that way. You know what I mean? And you just, what I found, you have to be open and open to learn from everybody you meet because you never know where that one, that one person is going to drop that one little nugget of, of whatever, that, that information. And you're like, it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks. And you're like, I never thought of it that way. You know, and, and as a content creator, that's what I really try to do. I just try to keep my mind and my heart open as much as possible because I know that I have so much to learn from everybody else I interact with. Right. And always having a student mindset, which is what I call it is imperative to personal growth, but also leadership. 
could you also give us a little bit of a background on some of maybe your previous leadership positions or maybe a specific time where you realize that, man, I'm a I'm a full blown leader to a lot of these newer trainers, coaches or group fitness advisors that are coming in? Well, that um, I'd probably have to say when I when I took the role with, with the Sports Club LA as the director of fitness education and that was you know, I made a lot of mistakes in that role. Right. And, and what I've learned um, from good bosses is that you're going to make mistakes. Just don't make the same one twice, twice, the same ones twice. And so going into that role, I had just gotten my master's degree. I'd been working with a large health club um, company as an educator. And now I was moving into the role of director of education. And I realized that I now was responsible for a team of more than 300 personal trainers. We had 300 person, more than 300 trainers at six very high end gyms around the country. And that it was up to me to really help them develop a, a career path or help them become more effective and more efficient at their jobs. And I, I, I don't say this from a point of like, I don't know, I can make them better. It's more of they, their, their focus, a personal trainer's focus is to service their clients and generate income or generate, generate revenue for the, for the um, operation, for the business. And my job was to come in and support that operation. If, if you understand that, that, that I was really there to give them the resources to become better at their job. And that's how I took on that role was like, okay, I'm here to, to try to take what I can help you learn or take this fitness information to help you learn maybe how to do this better or more effectively. And, and so that, that way they could be a better service to their clients. And so, yeah, it was taking that director of education job that really made me realize that, okay, as a leader, and I think the best leaders have this mindset is as a leader, I'm there to really provide a, a resource and service to you um, so we can all get better. If you get better, I get better. And, and we move, everybody moves on from there. That's, have you ever, uh, have you ever had a conversation or met Todd Durkin by chance? <laughs> yeah, no, I know Todd, Todd, Todd's a San Diego. He's, he's part of what, uh, Gary Gray coined this term, uh, the San Diego fitness mafia a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so I always look at, you know, it, it, and this is, you know, for people that might've been a fan of the Sopranos or watch Sopranos, you always have like in the, in uh, the mafia, you have like godfathers. And, and in my mind, Ian, in the fitness industry, godfathers are people like Todd that have a studio or they, they have, they've invented a piece of equipment or whatever. Um, and then you have guys, I consider myself like a conciliary or like a, a, a captain of where I'm not really affiliated with anybody, but I really work with everybody. But no, I, what I love about Todd is Todd has such a positive mindset. Um, and even on his voicemail, his voicemail at one point said, how you do anything is how you do everything. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you you leave a you leave a voicemail for the dude, and you're like you you hang up the phone. And go all right, I'm fired up. I'm gonna go get something done. <laughs> well, it's it's because everything you just said, I just, I heard Todd coming out of there, and I say that too because I've taken one of Todd Durkin's uh, workshops before back in twenty. I think this was 17, 2017. And I was like, man, that's something Todd would say right there. So you know, that's a uh, that's interesting. And you're both San Diego guys now. Look at that. Well, and here's the thing. So. When I worked when I worked with Todd on a few different things was when when I was at the American Council on Exercise, the certification. That's what I why I moved to San Diego from from the East Coast was to come be an educator. I was I was hired in 2008 to be an educator, what they called an exercise physiologist at the time. That wasn't quite an accurate term because I was developing education content. Um, but Todd, I worked. I had the opportunity to work with Todd on one or two things, and just really we we have very similar mindsets, right? And and Todd kind of helped one of the things that helped Todd become established a national name was because here in San Diego, not only do you have ACE, the American Council on Exercise, but you have IDEA, which is which what it founded. I don't know if many people know this idea is the International Dance Exercise Association. So the, the couple, Peter and Kathy Davis, who founded IDEA ooh, more than almost 35 years ago, maybe they celebrated their 40th birthday recently. I know they're, they're getting up there like around 40 years old. But they're the first ones to, to kind of try to formalize education for fitness professionals back in the early 1980s. And ACE actually was started by IDEA. So IDEA spun off ACE as a nonprofit organization to be a certification group. And the, the reason where I'm going with this is there's – I forget what the term is, but when you look at certain areas, like in L.A., when you, when you hear Los Angeles, you think of Hollywood, you think of the film industry. New York is finance, Right. San Francisco is Silicon Valley and tech. Well, because you had ACE and IDEA here in San Diego, they tapped into the local San Diego um, market of fitness professionals like Todd, like Anthony Carey, like Justin, um, 
kind of blanking on his last name. He runs the, Justin Price runs the biomechanics. These are all local guys in San Diego that just happen to be working next to two national organizations. And so they developed relationships. And so San Diego is one of these kind of hubs of fitness leadership because you have these, because you have these organizations here. And so it's kind of like a, a an arm in arm thing. And it just, it's one of those little, I guess it's like a synergy, uh, if you will, of, of like-minded individuals all working to, to help each other, to help move the industry forward. Well, it's interesting too, because we've already talked about networking a few times already, and we're not even 20 minutes in. And that's something that I was talked to about my personal clients. That phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know, is it's halfway true. You need to know, you need to know your stuff flat out. If you don't know your stuff, you're not going to get any further. You got to build incredible skills. But when you start networking and it happens naturally, I find you start meeting one person who introduces you to another. Next thing you know, you're at an event and you, you bring it up the name and next thing you know, it's like, Oh yeah, I know that guy. I did this and yada, yada. And they really help boost your career and the business asset. Um, it's, it's, uh, I know it's funny how it just came up naturally with us. And I noticed you've also brought up content a couple of times. When you decide that you want to run your own studio, your own business, you really want to emphasize your brand, content becomes a very important part of that. And with that comes social media. And if you guys have not tuned into All About Fitness, you're gonna there are a lot of episodes that cover social media. And Pete and I, I feel like we have similar views about it. It's good when put in the right hands. Pete, how do you feel that social media has impacted the <laughs> fitness industry? Oh man, that's a, you, you're absolutely right. And I love the way you just wrapped that up because social media can be such a powerful tool when it's utilized in the right way. And if you look at any one of the platforms, and I think probably the most popular one right now is Instagram. Um, and let's use it. We'll use that as an example. If you look at Instagram, it seems like Instagram was developed specifically for fitness professionals and what we do, mm -hmm. because you can post short information. You can, you can do informational videos. You can do how to videos, you can engage with a wide audience. And I really, I, I think, you know, it, it, it's like that, that two headed sword or like that, that two headed beast. If when used the right way, social media is a powerful way to engage people, educate them, um, get them to understand how to do something maybe more effectively, but then it can also be used in a negative con negative way. And what I mean by that is showing fitness to be only about appearance. You know, look at me, I got a ripped body or look at me, I, I have a, you know, I'm perfect. And I think that's that's where social media has a challenge is how do you overcome that stigma of just being only about um, only about uh, the appearance. It should to me, Ian, fitness is more about a mindset of working. It's kind of like that constant improvement. I referenced this earlier. To me, fitness is Kaizen is you're trying to get one percent better every day. The, the, the print, that's a Japanese principle of improving by 1%. And so I think the best the best content on social media are those people out there that are looking to educate and looking to say, hey, here's how you can do this one thing 1% better. Here's how you can do this a little bit differently, as opposed to it being just a, hey, look at me, look at how cool I am platform. And this is where media literacy comes in. So if you're not familiar with media literacy, I talk about it quite a bit in a, in a past episode. Go back and watch it. It's very, it's very imp impactful. But really what it comes down to is social media. We as the creators, we show you what we want. And a lot of creators don't show you their mistakes. And I, I want to repeat that. They do not show you the mistakes. They show you the things that look good. It is your job as a consumer, as a viewer, to have the media literacy to understand the message that we're trying to get across. And the reason I bring that up is because I I find it a little upsetting when I find someone who's jumping on Instagram, no certifications, no formal training. That's fine, but they're out there giving out bad information. They're telling people how to perform a bench press the wrong way. They're trying to show people how to power clean, and they have a rounded spine, and it's just I just want to hit a big stop button. So with that said, I want to challenge everyone out there. Know who you're watching. What are their credentials? What do they know? Are they just someone who looks good with their shirt off, or do they actually know what they're doing? Well, that, that is so critical, right? Because that is, when you look at the education and what it takes to go into being a fitness professional, and there are people out there who, who may not believe this, and, and, I, and I respect that, but I think at the, at the bare minimum, if somebody's going to be dispensing fitness advice, they should have a certification from an accredited group. Or they should have a, a four-year degree in the field, like kinesiology or, or, or you know, anatomy, physiology, 
or biology, something that, that really they understand the human body. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that when done wrong, exercise can be fatal. Exercise can not, not only can you strain a muscle, not only could you, can you sprain some ligaments that keep you from being active for a period of weeks, but exercise can be fatal. I mean, it's, it's the unfortunate reality that every health club I've worked with or worked for, from the YMCA to the Sports Club LA to Equinox, have had people die in the, in the gym because of a heart attack. That's the most common cause of death. Um, and I say that because it is, if we do this wrong, and I mean that we as fitness professionals, if we do this wrong, if we don't understand that we're imposing physical stress upon somebody's body, it can be fatal. And at the very least, we need to say, hey, if we're showing something that's extremely difficult or extremely intense, we have to make it make the point out that it's not for everybody. Because my fear is somebody who's relatively deconditioned sees somebody doing something that looks cool on a social media platform and then goes and tries that themselves. And, and the best case scenario is they sprain an ankle or, or, or you know, strain a muscle and can't, can't use that for a number of weeks. And the worst case scenario is it could be fatal. And I just think that people have to realize the power they have um, as, as a thought leader. And I mean this, even somebody with 50 followers on Instagram is still a thought leader to those 50 followers. And they need to take that role seriously and say, okay, what am I, what am I really putting out? What am I trying, trying to push? And then I'll wrap, you know, the social media thing, wrap it up with this. Ian, and you'll find this as, as you get into podcasting and maybe you've experienced it. I love getting pitches from PR people who say, well, this is my, this is so-and-so, you know, they have X many followers and I'll email back. Great. Okay. What's their education credential? Well, they have X many followers. And I'm like, eh, no, I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas, you know, when, when, um, and I'll say this because, I highly respect this young woman, and, and people might know Kaisa Karanin as Kaisa Fit. And, and Kaisa. From uh, Dallas? Uh, Kaisa is from Seattle. She lives in Seattle. Oh, but Kaisa right, Fit. Right. Yeah. Kaisa has some of the most elaborate athletic moves that I've ever seen. And some of her stuff, and she admits that some of her stuff can be really challenging and really hard. But this is a woman who earned a uh, scholarship for the heptathlon and track. So she went to division, you, know, you played high level sports. So she was a division one scholarship athlete for the heptathlon. And not only that, but she got her both undergrad and master's degree in exercise science. And so she really, um, she not only has the ability to engage people on social media, because I think she has over a million followers, but she has legitimacy. She has a master's degree and she was a graduate intern in the strength and conditioning program at University of Washington where she went to school mm-hmm. and a lot of people might not realize that, that there's that much education going into what she does, but she has, she has that. And that those are the type of people that I try to engage with on my platform to say, okay, this is somebody that can cre- do creative content on Instagram, but more importantly, they have the education credential to really be putting that content out there. And that's, that's one of the things I try to do with uh, my all about fitness podcast is give some of those people that voice to say, hey, I'm not just somebody that looks good on social media, but I really know what I'm doing, too. And I really know how to develop programs that engage the human body. And with that said, content, everyone's out there creating content. You yourself are creating content, even if you don't know it. Whenever you take a picture of your meal and explain what's in it, whenever you show a client a new exercise and post it up on your IG, TikTok, whatever it is that you're using, you are producing content. And content is the best way to leverage your brand to propel yourself in a better position. It just is. It's the way that younger generations like to obtain their advertising or their marketing efforts. And it's the same way that a lot of us in in the millennials, Generation X, and even older, uh, we've learned to adapt to that as well. Pete, what are some of the best ways that owners can leverage their content to meet their needs? Well, you said something really interesting there, Ian, and I want to hit pause on that question for a second. I'm going to come back to that. Number one is I'm a Gen Xer, right? Uh, Generation X is between like the, was born between the, the early 60s and about 1980. And I think you said you're a millennial. Millennials were born between about 1980 and the year 2000, give or take. And there, there's, depending on what demographic thing you look at, there's always a variance of one or two years. But I really want to, um, I really want to say this loud and clear that I love, millennials are now turning 40. So the oldest millennials are now turning 40 years old. So everybody out there, please stop banging on millennials. Please leave millennials alone. Millennials, now that you're turning 40, you guys have earned your stripes. 
we can all turn around and make fun of the Gen Zers who were born after the year 2000. But the reason where I'm going with this is millennials have done a tremendous job and they have been the ones really driving the fitness industry to adapt new technology, to adapt to new things. Because the one thing that I've seen in the years I've been in this business is one of the fitness industry's biggest limitations is the, the mindset of this is the way we've always done it. You know, when you look at the first gyms, the first gyms were, were started by mostly men who like to lift weights. And so they wanted a place to lift weights with their buddies. And well, this is the way I've always run my gym. You know, we have weights here. And I don't know, my wife handles the aerobics program for the whatever the girls. And they have that mindset. What, what I love about what has happened the last few years in our industry is we've had a younger generation come in and said, hey, why don't we do things better? Why don't we engage more? Why don't we use content? I mean, when I started at the American Council on Exercise in 2008, Twitter was not a thing. Instagram was not a thing. Facebook was just coming online. And we had one woman who worked in our marketing department who basically learned how to use that stuff and, and learn how to engage ACE, ACE certified professionals learn how to engage them through those social media channels because content is branding. I mean, you just said that con the, the content you put out establishes your brand and reinforces your brand. You know, when I was personal training, when I was personal training, my mindset was my brand was high performance training for life and sport. I played elite level rugby. I played on one of the, the top men's rugby clubs in Washington, DC. And I really, even though I didn't train athletes day to day, whether you're an attorney, whether you were an administrative assistant, whatever you did, I didn't really care. I wanted to train you like I was training a performance athlete. So high performance training was my brand. And this was back in the early 2000s. And this was before every gym had an Olympic platform in it, which is which is standard now. Um, and, and, and a now turf it, field. And a turf field. Like none, nobody had that stuff, dude. You had to go to like – there was like one gym in the D.C. area that was like a powerlifting gym that had platforms. Now almost every gym you walk into has that. Um, and, and so now like my brand is, and this is where I want people to really focus on whether they're a trainer, whether they're a facility operator, whatever it's your brand has to be something you can live day to day. You know, right now my brand with all about fitness with my podcast and the content I create is that fitness is having the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And I always like saying that twice. Because, Ian, when you, a lot of things that I think keep people away from starting to work out is they think they have to look a certain way or, or do a certain thing. But in reality, exercise is just about being active. And when you look up any definition of fitness in a dictionary, and I've looked it up in three or four different dictionaries, no definition of fitness has any, any relation to appearance. It's all about work capacity. What, how, what's the amount of work that you can do? So the, amount, so the definition of fitness that I like to use, and that's my brand, is fitness is having the, the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Being fit gives you choices for how you live your lifestyle. So when I look at creating content, I try to create con I, I try to support that mindset of like, hey, I, I want you to be fit, meaning I want you to be able to go out and if you want to play with your kid, great. If you want to play with your grandkid, great. If you want to walk around the block without being out of breath, then then that's fitness, man. That's that's I try to break it down to that and I just try to be as consistent as possible. Um, to, to make that, you know, so that that way the messaging is, is, you know, is there so people can kind of grab onto it and realize that they can really use exercise to enhance their quality of life. Hello. I'm glad you're enjoying the content. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on your way out. It helps in more ways than you know. Okay. Back to the show. And one subject that Pete uh, touched on, um, he, without saying it was audience. His brand will define his audience. His brand has defined his audience. Your brand will do the same thing. So the thing, the lifestyle that you're living, that you're portraying, you're going to attract a certain amount of people. Some people are going to, some people are going to look at you and go, no, that's not for me. Some people are going to look at you and go, I want all of that hundred percent. And those become your followers. Those become your clients. Those become the people who pay attention to you, even if you don't know it. And the brand, the images that you put out there, the content, the writing, the videos, the, the ad copy, that is what you want to leverage. Um, but you have to know who you're talking to. But you do it organically and naturally by doing the things that Pete just told you about. And I, wanna, I did want to backtrack on one thing. We're talking about a lot of things here over a long period of time. The, the business of fitness, the history of fitness is still relatively young. Pete, 
I remember an episode of yours where you actually talked about some of the first gyms that opened up. Um, you said, uh, you know, they were guys who wanted to get bigger. Um, I remember the YMCA stories. There was also the LGBTQIA+. Hopefully I did not leave out a letter. They, I feel like they change it every week. Um, aspect of gym culture as well, where it was used as kind of like a down-low hookup scene. And a lot of people don't know that. If you're a fitness professional, you are still in a very young emerging industry, and you still have the potential to become what I call a pillar. So, Pete, you talked about the godfathers on the West on the uh, West Coast. You know, Todd Durkin. Um, I would put yourself up. I would put yourself up there. But there are there's a lot of opportunity in our industry for people, especially in the Midwest, to really put themselves on a pedestal and say, "I am the authoritative fitness figure." If you have the credentials, and that's one way that I feel like everyone should be leveraging their content. And Pete, I don't know if you know this, but I feel like you've done that yourself already. Well, thank you. No, and, and that has been very um, deliberate. That's the one thing I've been trying to do um, in the last number of years so since leaving the American Council on Exercise and starting my own consulting service is really try to my, – my original intent, and I owned this website for a while but wasn't doing anything with it, so I got rid of it. Um, my original intent was to do something called Generation X Fitness, and that's to – and I've kind of evolved that over the time, right? And one thing I want to want to say to, to, to – you said this and, and I just want to highlight it is you have to be comfortable with your brand and who your audience is and you have to be fine with people not being receptive to your audience or to what you're saying you know what I mean I I know that somebody under the age of 30 that's all about working hard and getting jacked and whatever I'm not for them my content is not for them and God bless them I hope they go find somebody that that, that they're into because I want them to find somebody that they can learn from. Not everybody's going to resonate with what I say. And you have like teaching group fitness. That's one of the, one of the best lessons about teaching group fitness. Ian is that somebody comes to your class, they go through the first 10 minutes and then they walk out. Now, some people can look at that and go, well, why'd they leave? And that, that can deject them. I always think of it. Well, they didn't like what I was doing and that's fine. They're going to go find somebody else that's going to fit what they want to do. But the people that, that like your message, the people that, that like what you're doing, those people become what is what Ken, uh, what's it, Kenneth Blanchard calls your raving fans. And that really, so you have to be comfortable with people, you know, not, you're not going to please everybody all the time. You have to be comfortable with that. And if you know your audience, if you're a woman and, and, and you've had two or three kids and that's what you want your market to be is you're training women that, that are, are getting pregnant or have just gotten pregnant. Then what a friend of mine said, God, I'm, uh, what I think Blake Blake Robinson said, I, I get his name, I call him Brent sometimes. I really hope I'm saying it right. But Blake, um, Blake, we, we talked about this a few years ago. And Blake was like, man, he's like, I want to be an inch wide and a mile deep. And, you know, if you, if you double mm -hmm. down, if you know your audience and you really double down on that, then you can really, you, you, people that, that like that message are going to stay with you and follow you and, 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 and promote what you do you just have to be comfortable knowing that you're not going to be for everybody. And, and I think that's the one thing that people that are newer in, in our industry, that's where they get tied up in is they go, I have to please everybody all the time. Identify your audience and focus on your audience and everything else will fall into place. And I a hundred percent agree. And I tell, I tell people that a hundred percent of the time when they meet me generally within like the first five minutes, I tell them, if you met me in person, you, you get it already. And thank you for sticking with me. Cause you know, I, I can get on these tangents, but Everybody is not meant for you. Everyone's not meant to like you. If we were all liking the same things and doing the same things, we would literally be robots. That's not what we're here for. That's not what our country's for. That's what makes our country so great is the ability to pick and choose what you want to do, which kind of comes down to my personal motto, which I feel like is similar to yours, which is live life out loud. You got to do what you want to do, however it is the best way you can do that. And I feel like a lot of new and emerging fitness professionals, they're promoting that message, even if they don't know it. I feel like we, we could talk about this all day, but uh, I want to keep it. I want to keep it on the content. So here's the thing. You got a lot of people out there that are creating content. They have this mindset. They know their audience. They know what they're doing with it. They finally feel like they're building a following. By the way, I do want to put this out there. The amount of followers does not equal dollars. The amount of followers do not equal dollars. I think I only have like 1500 followers, but I know a good chunk of my followers pay money to support my efforts. I know people out there who have 3 million followers. They don't get paid anything. Pete, how is the best way 
for new emerging professionals to monetize their content? I don't know, man. If anybody has any, no. <laughs> I say everybody has any. Well, the, the way to monetize it, right, is you look at what is how can you best serve people. For some people, that might be doing a six to eight week training program. Like, can you lose X amount of pounds in six to eight weeks? You, you want to give something. You want to give people something tangible they can hold on to. You know, are you doing a training program? What are you going to get out of that? And it really, that's what I've been trying to do this year is monetizing my podcast by selling workout programs, by selling eBooks and by selling uh, what I've just, I'm just um, now going through all the continuing education credits for, for a few different courses. So first uh, just this last year, I had four courses available only with ACE credits and the way that the organizations do the continuing education credits is they award them January one through December 31st. And it can be expensive to apply for a course. So as I was putting these together, I didn't want to pay a full year, like in, in July or August, and only get four months worth of credit out of that, if that makes sense. So now I've, I've submitted everything. Um, so I have I have two education courses I'm selling. I have eBooks I'm selling. I have workout programs I'm selling to the podcast. And and anybody that, that's looking to do that, I think Ian, one the we were talking a little bit before you hit the record button. We have to look at some of the blessings that have been coming out of the pandemic. And if anybody has lost a family member due to COVID, man, my heart goes out to you. And I really, you have my, my sincere condolences because this has not been easy in various States and various organizations or various, various places. Gyms have been closed. You know, the 24 hour fitness right across the street from my house, quite literally is closed and that's not reopening. They did. They sent out an email saying they couldn't restructure the, the, the mm-hmm. lease. And so companies are going to bankruptcy and I know it's been extremely hard for people. My, my income has been significantly impacted this year. But what I think when we look at the upside to this is what we're seeing now. This is going to be a shift in the industry. And I have, I have a blog coming out for the American Council on Exercise about this is a good trainer, a good coach no longer needs to work for a gym or a facility. Think about that for a second, because if you're a good trainer, a good coach, whatever, however we want to classify ourselves and you can come up with good messaging that speaks to an audience on a platform like like Instagram like TikTok, like YouTube, if you can develop a message for that platform, a gym is irrelevant. You don't need to go work inside a for a facility to start reaching to an audience. You can stay at home, create good content, sell workout programs, do online coaching via FaceTime or Zoom. So what what we're seeing that's going to come out of this pandemic is that individual fitness entrepreneurs or individual fitness trainers or professionals who have that entrepreneurial mindset are going to realize, wait a minute, I don't need to be tied down to a gym. I can do this stuff on my own. Now, it takes time to put into place, but I think what we're seeing is, number one, the consumers are becoming more used to doing workouts at home via via streaming like like Zoom or FaceTime. And number two, it's empowering. I firmly believe, Ian, that right now is going to be a major shift in the industry because if a facility wants to hire a trainer, they have to compete against that trainer's ability to go out and, and do their own thing using all the all the tech tools that are really not that expensive and not that hard to figure out with a little bit of a little bit of grit and gumption folks you know why you're here you know why you tune into this uh, podcast periodically we're giving you the tools and the information and i'll say even the encouragement to branch out on your own to do your thing because you have a lot more talent than you think trust me it took me a while to figure it out that i necessarily didn't need management to make money I, it took me a while to figure out that if I just posted something at the right time and followed up in the correct manner that I could actually take that person who was apprehensive about coming to a class full of 20 people and work with them one-on-one and slowly ease them into it, there are opportunities all around you. You just have to see them. And, be, and I think that's where your experience really comes in because you've been around the block a few times, and I mean that with respect. I really do. You know trends that are coming back around you've seen them come around once and you know the opportunities that are coming up and you've actually leveraged that to monetize it you're selling ebooks you i mean you're selling workout plans uh the consulting thing was actually new to me i didn't think you were actually um still doing that but i'm actually glad to hear it because there are a lot of people out there who want to take that next step but they don't necessarily know how to so someone with your guidance i mean that's a valuable tool right there dude that can be so scary is is taking that step i remember when I first got in the industry, this is back in the nineties, dude, late nineties, 
is I was working, I went to work as an assistant manager, manager at a gym and I was personal training part-time, you know, and I used what I did was I used the management salary to, to help me learn how to be a trainer. So I spent two years as a manager when my real goal was to become a personal trainer, but I was doing, using the management salary to kind of let me, let me learn how to become a better trainer. But when I left that management position to work full-time as a trainer, it was scary. And it took maybe maybe three to five months before I had a stable amount of business where it was it was viable. Same thing when I left the American Council on Exercise in 2013 was I knew I wanted to go out on my own as a consultant. And I had a couple couple things lined up. You know, one or two of them panned out, a couple of them didn't. Um, but it's scary. But but what it does is that fear. You know, I've heard other speakers you know talk about this. Um, that fear can be a good thing. Fear can be a good motivator mm -hmm. if you harness it right. But you have to, and, and I'll say this because I, one of the only reasons I did that is I was very fortunate enough to have a little bit of money in the bank where I didn't need to worry about um, some expenses if something happened. And and so people are looking at that going, you know, I need to do, I want to get out and work on my own, but there's a cost, there's this, there's that. My recommendation is make sure you can cover your rent for three months. Make sure you keep that money set aside so at the bare minimum you cover your minimum expenses. Once you have those minimum expenses, you know, do it because, you know, it's kind of like trial by fire. You either sink or swim. And if you do it right, if you have the right mindset, if you put together the right plan, number one, you are going to make mistakes and you have to be comfortable making mistakes. But as I said earlier, just don't repeat them. Okay? I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> you know, I do that every day. I make a mistake. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Um, but if you put a plan together, if you have a vision for what you want to achieve, then it's up to you to put that into place. Because the one thing, and this has been one of the driving factors in my life, man, and I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm always going to swing for the fences. I'm always going after the big ball, the long ball. I, I want to hit for home runs, right? What that and if you look at Major League Baseball now, you have the most home runs ever being hit, but you also have the highest amount of strikeouts. So what's happening in Major League Sport in Major League Baseball is you're getting more the, the ball hit further, you're getting the ball hit out of the park more, but you're also hitting strikeouts. And and so in order for things to succeed, like I know I'm not where I want to be with my business yet, but I know that I'm on the right path. I firmly am 100% comfortable I'm on the right path, and I know that it's up to me to do the work to put it into place. And because I want to look back when I, you know, whenever I finish my career, I want to be able to look back and say, you know what? I may have made one or two mistakes along the way, but I did everything the way I wanted to and not really regret anything and not really, you know, kind of and say I did it the way I wanted to. And, and it worked out. And that, that's a scary thing for some people. Having that unknown can be a scary thing. But also I look at that unknown. It's like, OK, I have two choices here. I'm either going to move forward and move on or I'm going to sit down and just be overwhelmed by everything. And I don't know if that makes sense to people, but you, you sometimes you just have to kind of harness up, buckle your pants, you know, roll up your sleeves and just dig in and do the work. And it, it will, it, in my experience, man, everything works out. And, and it's just, it's a matter of, if you put the positive energy out there, you're going to get the positive energy in return. You just have to be patient and wait for it and, 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 do the right things and it'll happen we actually talk about that a lot in the yoga sutras and i'm actually i want to tap into that just a little bit if you tuned into our last episode with james quigley uh you'll notice that pete james and myself we say a lot of the same things uh, just in a different way and i hope it resonates with you but there's one avenue that keeps coming up your service to your client um some people hate the word client because it makes them feel like a number but i mean just for universal purposes i'm going to i'm going to keep saying it you have to actually care about your client. If you're in this for yourself, ego, look at me, look what I can do, look how I put this kid in college. I'm thinking of a specific person in, in general right now. Um, it's not going to work flat out. It's not going to work. It has to be about them and giving them great service. Because if you do that, they're going to keep coming back and they're going to bring people back to you. But you can't do that unless you truly care. And Pete's touched on that a couple of times. And that's something that I always touch about when I work with new owners or brands as well. And I've actually turned down brands because they flat out have told me it's about the bottom line. It does not work that way in fitness. Fitness is a business that's personal. You're going to hear a lot, especially on a personal training end. People are going to come to you with their issues. You're going to find out more about people than you want it to know. Believe me. 
I I have I have secrets locked in a vault that will never get out that I really wish clients didn't tell me. But you have to be ready for that because this business is personal. It takes a lot of courage for someone to admit that they need help to come into a room full of other people who who presumably they think they know what they're doing, who are smiling, happy to to basically fake the funk to fit in until they do eventually build that confidence. And I call that faking it until you make it. I do encourage you to try it. But you have to put yourself in that mindset when you're ready to step off and branch off into your own business because it's not going to be easy. I've been at this for about a year and a half on my own. I'm telling you right now, if I didn't live below my means and had and saved up, Pete, I actually saved up a year worth of savings um, to cover my ends. I wouldn't be able to continue to do this to actually make an impact on people's lives. But what I'm saying is you have to care about people in this business to get any further. You're going to have to leave your ego out of it. And that's one thing I want to challenge everyone personally. If you can't leave your ego at the door and focus on your client, you won't make it. And Pete, what, what are your thoughts on that? Because I know it sounds well, a little harsh coming from me, but I no, feel like people need to know No, that. man. What I'm thinking of, as you're saying that, Ian, what I'm thinking of, my biggest failures, and, and we've all had them, my biggest failures and my biggest mistakes in my career have been when I put my ego in front of everything else. When I put me in front of we is, is when things go south. You know what I mean? If, if, if we'll use a football analogy because you're a football player. If I'm all about my touches, if I'm, if I'm all about give me my ball, give me the ball, give me the ball, I'm probably going to blow out an ACL and not be able to play for the rest of the year, you know, because you're trying to make it about you and not the team. And, and I just want people to listen to that. When I've put my ego first, when I've said this is about me, this is about Pete McCall, that's usually when it's ended up in failure and it just didn't go well. But when I can take a step back and say, all right, what am I being brought in to do? How can I help? What's the message here? Who, what do we need to do? You know, if I look at, at supporting the we instead of the me, that's when things go well. You know, and we play different sports. You know, when I played, when I was a rugby player, I was in the front row, which is like the offensive line. But people might not be familiar with it. I was in the right, front row. Right in the rugby. middle of the scrum, yep. yeah. I was in the front row of a rugby scrum, either primarily as a hooker at the elite levels, but I would play prop as well at, at the other levels. And I'm not the guy running with the ball. I'm not the guy, you know, making the, the killer kicks and, and scoring points like that. You know, my, my job is I'm a worker. You know, and I've always had that attitude of, of I'd, I'd rather I'm one of those guys in if I were in the NFL, I would take I would take league minimum to go play for a team like the Patriots because, you know, you're going to play. You're going to play for something. Well, most seasons you're going to play for something meaning, meaningful in December and January, you know, and, I, and that's really where 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 my career has accelerated is when I've been able to take my ego out of the equation and I've looked at what what can I contribute to the team? How can I make this team better? If that means that someone else is up on the stage and I'm helping write the content and that person gets the applause at the end of it, I am 100% fine with that, man. Because at the end of the day, when you're on a winning team, everybody wins. Mm -hmm. And it just that can be – I don't know if that's a level of maturity. I don't know if that's not wanting to make the same mistakes twice. But when, when you look at, at what we try to do as a fitness professional, and you know, as you're saying that, I really look at – it, when we're serving our clients, right, and, and this is one thing you hear people say all the time, is I want to work for myself. I want to work for myself. And I'm sorry, man. Nobody ever works for themselves. Unless you're a day trader trading stocks by yourself, you're working for somebody. Mm -hmm. Every single client, whether you're a trainer, like whether you're a trainer in a gym or whether you're a consultant like one of us, my clients are my bosses. If they call me at, at 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon, I got to take that call. They're my boss because without them, I don't do what I do. I don't get to do what I do. And so you can have this mindset of, oh, I want to work for myself, but you're not going to go that far if you don't realize it. You serve every one of your clients and you better serve them well or they're not going to remain with you for long. And that just is, you know, I, I just want to say that because I think sometimes people hear this, oh, you work for yourself. That's so cool. No, nah, dude, mm -hmm. I don't work. For, I do not work for myself. I work for the people that, that hired me to do a job. And my job is to make sure that the people who hire me look good. So that when I turn something in, that their boss goes, hey, this is a good job. You know, whoever you, whatever, whoever you use to do this, this looks good. Thank you. You know what I mean? I mean, if, we're, if a client's hiring us as a trainer, our job is to make them look good literally, physically. But if a client is hiring you to help them turn their business around, you got to make that person hiring you look good so that, that they feel good hiring you again. And, and so I just... I want to say that emphatically, you are never, ever working for yourself. 
you're always working for whoever is hiring you to do a specific task or a specific job. And, and again, it's that service mindset of like, you know, how can I put, how can I put you ahead of me? And how can, you know, it's just, I don't know, it takes a time to develop that. But when you do that, from my experience, that's when things fall into place. Yep, and it goes back to that positive energy you were talking about that we um we uh, I don't want to say harp on, but that we reemphasize in our yoga sutras. Uh, what I gotta I gotta go ahead and branch out and do like a yoga specific thing because I get a lot of emails people asking about those, and it's just such a such a hard way to condense it in the to a minute video. But long story short, we'll we'll do that later. But Pete, we're going to flip the script. We're actually going to talk about you for a second. How? What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Or do you have any upcoming promotions for the new year or um, anything that you can offer to the public right now to help them get to where they want to be? Well, no, I appreciate you asking that, man. And and I want to let people know that the other the thing I've done recently, too, is I'm just now starting to work with a social media consultant because I've been trying to do the social media thing on my own. And I've been doing it halfway, you know, um, I've been doing some things right, but I've been probably failing more than I've been succeeding. So I finally saved up a little bit of money, found somebody that, that I like by following her for a little while um, for her clients. And so what I'm really looking to do, my goal going into 2021 is I want to create a community around my podcast. I'm going to be building out my Facebook page, the All About Fitness Podcast Facebook page, because I want to be a resource to my listeners. If they're going to be tuning in and listening to me you know, for three, three to five episodes a month or however much I put out, I want to create a community of people who are all working together to use exercise to enhance our quality of life. So people can go to Pete McCall Fitness. Um, that, that my website is PeteMcCallFitness.com. And I'm, I'm, my goal is to put out one to two blogs a week, put out one to two emails a month of just putting out good content and, and not. And again, I want to make it about we, you know, in my, and, and for people, people listening, my goal right now, what I've been working on for the last number of years is to help people learn how to use exercise to manage the aging process, right? Because that's the one thing that we can't do anything about, right? We, we cannot slow down aging. Unless you invent the flux capacitor or travel through time, we're all getting older one day at a time. But there is a tremendous, there's an overwhelming body of evidence to show that the right exercise program, that exercise and being physically active can allow us to enhance our lifespan, to allow us to live longer, allow us to live without the risk of chronic disease. And so that's my mission is to use my Facebook page, use the All About Fitness podcast YouTube channel, to use my Instagram to share with people, hey, here's how we can use exercise to live longer, to, to enhance our quality of life. That's what my ebooks, if you go to PeteMcCallFitness.com, I have ebooks. They're only $7. And here's what I'm trying to do with the podcast at the end is if people buy content from me, I'm going to be doing about once a month. I'll be doing a webinar, a workout, something for exclusively for the people who buy content. Because what I don't want to do is put my podcast behind a paywall and saying, oh, you can only get this content if you pay X amount of dollars per month. I don't want to do that, man. I, but if you if you like what I'm doing, if you want to support me and you support the podcast by buying a piece of content, then not only are you going to get information that's going to help you, but I'm a, you know, you're going to get a separate email once or twice a month saying, hey, join me for this or join me for that. Or here's here's something I think will be important to you. You know, I'm going to kind of have that's going to be like an exclusive kind of like the, the velvet rope, my VIP room, if you will, of people who listen to the podcast. So yeah, they can go to PeteMcCallFitness.com. If they sign up for my mailing list, they get a chapter from my book, Smarter Workouts. Um, they'll get, they'll be getting blogs, you know, once or twice a month for me and emails. And they'll just be, you know, hopefully exposed to content that'll help them learn how to, to live their life better to using, you know, through fitness and exercise. So, folks, I know we've uh, I know we've harped on or uh, talked about a lot of different things today, but that is an incredible resource right there. And I know we didn't go through his full list of credentials because it's so long. It's it's ridiculously long. Pete has been in this industry and done a lot of incredible things. If I Pete, if I asked you right now to recount some of the, your most incredible achievements, what what would be your top three? Oh, man. Well, thank you. One of my top ones, and, and I mean this, man, one of the top ones was years ago. And I, I, I talked about teaching lunchtime classes in D.C. There's this one woman who came in one time. She was in her maybe early to mid 50s. And she would do she would work out with me two or three times a week at lunch. And we had this huge snowstorm in D.C. It's one of those the D.C. area. Once once every couple of years, you get huge, like 12 to 18 inches. And anyway, she came in. She gave me a big hug. She she, she was Pete. I was able to shovel my entire driveway and my back didn't hurt me, mm. you know? And, and to me, 
that's that's the goal of what we do. We want to give people the, the skills to do to make their life better. And for her to be able to shovel, she you know, she she told me she hates snow because she has to shovel her driveway. And for her to be able to do that without worrying about getting injured means that that I gave her the ability to really do something specific in her life. You know, that that's one thing. And the, and now the, and the other thing that I'll share is I've been working with, I've, I've been very fortunate to be working with uh, the core, with core health and fitness the last number of years and core health and fitness. They own, they own Nautilus, Stairmaster, Star Trek, Schwinn indoor cycling, and now throw down the training rigs. And I've been very fortunate and I've been very, very fortunate that they've been sending me around the world to promote their products. Last year when we were traveling, I went to the middle East. I went to Oman. I went to, um, I went to Dubai earlier this year. I've been to all around Asia. I've been to Indonesia, the Philippines, Thailand, and I've had the opportunity to share to share my passion for fitness with people in so many different places. And that just gives me the opportunity that that my goal is anytime I travel somewhere and I work with a group, whether I'm working with five trainers in a health club or speaking to 400, 500 trainers at a conference, is my goal is to be able to help them learn how to use exercise to help other people. And so to have that opportunity to, to be at that level where I, you know, when we could travel, you know, right now I haven't been able to travel, but where we could travel and we could share this with, with people around the world, to me, has just been, you know, it's kind of like one of those things. It's like a pinch me moment of like, I can't believe I'm here. You know, this is what, um, now this is what I work for, right, is the opportunity to do that. But for, for people, for people listening, that did not happen by accident. I was very deliberate. I was, I was very, you know, I've been very methodical in what I've been meaning to do. And the reason why I get selected for that is because I always ask, what can I do to make the team better? If I travel to a different country, it's not about me, Pete McCall, the fitness professional. It's not about me. It's about who's hiring me, who's sending me where, and what can I do to make everybody better? How can I promote the product and how can I help people get better at their jobs? And, you know, just if you do that, you take that mindset, man, I mean, a world of opportunities are going to open up and, and I'll finish it with this. One of the, one of the best piece of piece of advice I got when I was a young man was from a friend of my mother's who said, always keep your passport current. Always keep your passport up to date because if I didn't have an up to date passport, man, I wouldn't have gotten some of these opportunities. And you know, if you do the right stuff and you put, and you put others first and you learn how to serve, I have to say, man, things, amazing things are going to happen. Even when asked to talk about himself, refuses to do it. He said, "Nope, nope, always about them." Pete, that's why that's why you made it, man. That exact reason, right there. All right, folks, you know how I like to wrap up each episode. State of industry, um, Pete. Actually, I'm, I might have actually stolen this from your show a little bit. I always like to ask everyone that comes on, "How do you feel about the state of the uh, fitness industry?" Because um, our industry has a lo- a relatively low barrier of entry. We've talked about the social media effect, the people that are doing it right, the people that are doing it wrong. The gym closures. Uh, shout out to Mike Boyle. I know you don't know who I am, but man, um, I actually did catch your news piece, and I, I fully agree with you. Uh, people, if you don't know who Mike Boyle is, you've been living under a rock, and I suggest that you uh, click some of the show links in my past episodes and find out. But there's a lot going on in our industry. I mean, what's your personal opinion about everything that's going on right now? Well, two things. One, Ian, one, I, you know, I've taught in a community college program here in San Diego, and it's like a one-year vocational program where people spend one year going through classes, and they earn a, a fitness certificate, which which gives them the ability. Basically, we prepare them to take the American Council on Exercise personal trainer exam to become a certified personal trainer. And I also teach online. I currently teach online classes with the National Academy of Sports Medicine with NASM. And one of the things that I absolutely love about the fitness industry is that the barrier of entry is a little bit low. Now, I say that, but at the bare, bare minimum, somebody should get a, a an accredited certification to enter it. But people do not need to go to four years of college. You know, I'm a big fan of college, but it's not for everybody. And, and I fully recognize that some people don't have the means for it. And so there are people out there that, that are hardworking. They're great people that they know how to help others. And one of the things I love about fitness is you don't need a four-year degree to, to, to do well. But you do need to have the attitude of being a lifelong learner and really looking out for your clients. So I just want to say that because some of my favorite successes in fitness have been from watching when I was when I was coaching and training new trainers at Washington Sports Clubs is watching some dude come in and may have had a history. Right. May, may have maybe made, made a few mistakes when he was younger. Maybe, you know, things didn't work in a certain way. 
But if they applied themselves to fitness, if they took if they took that mindset, man, the barrier entry is you spend a few hundred dollars on a course, you take a certification, you keep an open mind, you find people to learn from. You can have a job that you can take anywhere in the world, man, because that's the one thing we've seen the last number of years. They can send factories overseas. They send software jobs overseas. They send accounting jobs overseas now. Like major accounting firms are now being done in India and Philippines because it's a lower cost of labor. But nobody's going to fly 2,000 miles to go see a personal trainer. So if you if you have a, if you earn a certification and you have the right mindset, you're going to be working. This is a trade. This is a skill that can keep you employed for a long time. So I, I've never felt better about our industry from that standpoint. Just people have to come in with an open mind and be willing to learn. And then looking at the long-term thing, I mean, right now, yeah, the industry is a roller coaster, but I firmly believe that when we look back, when we, when we really look back at COVID and we see, and yes, it's affected everybody. Yes, there are some outliers of individuals who, got, who, are, who are extremely fit and got the virus and unfortunately passed. But what we're going to see from the data is those of us who are fit and made health and fitness a priority in our lives, that we're going to survive this a lot better. That if we got sick, it was for a period of days and we were not intubated, we weren't in an ICU. And so what I think we're going to see in six to 12 months is we're going to see a big resurgence of people trying to get into fitness. And the people, the, the mainstream Americans, the 60, 70%, whatever, who are obese or classified as unhealthy, this is hopefully going to be a motivator to say, hey, maybe now I should make my health and fitness a priority. Maybe now I should start trying to be more active. Maybe now I should start exercising more. And so what we need to be able to do as an industry is welcome those people with open arms. Don't be judgmental. It doesn't matter what you didn't do yesterday. I don't care what you didn't do yesterday. I really don't. You're here today. If you're here today, we can help you and let's move forward. We'll focus on today and we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. And so I think I've never been more excited about the industry than I am right now because this disruption is going to be good for us. It's going to allow some, some people maybe aren't going to survive. And, you know, that's just stated, you know, that's, that's Darwinism, right? The strong survive. Mm. But I think as we come out of it, the industry is going to be in a much better place and we really will be able to serve those people that need our help. I love that. I do. And in my mind, there's such a parallel with our industry and the, and what America is supposed to be. You get out what you put in. If you put in the work, you do it the right way. Eventually it will happen. Then however you define success, whether success is having a client reach back to you after three years of working with them saying, you know, my hip is finally, you know, in a place to where I can pick up my kids and do whatever it is that I want to do, whether success is you owning a chain of studios, whether success is you flying overseas uh, to host your own personal camp in Dubai. If you put in the work, you can make it. Uh, Pete, with that said, thank you for coming on to the business of fitness. And I want to wish you and your family a happy holidays. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. Hey, Ian, man, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure speaking with you, dude. And I mean that. It's been a pleasure getting to know you. And I just want to say we need more people like yourself stepping up. And you, you said it, man. You hit the nail on the head. This is a young industry. There, there's a room. We need more people to step up and share their voices. We need more people to step up and say, hey, here's what I found works for me. And here's how I can help you. So I want to give you credit. And I want to challenge you to keep stepping up and keep you know serving others man because you're doing the right thing and that's that's why it's so exciting to see and, and i'm gonna piggyback on what you said i am excited about this industry because it does give people the opportunity but you know what you just have to you have to be willing to take that fear and put yourself out there and once you do you'll find that everything's going to fall everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to so i really appreciate you you inviting me on today and, and for sharing some thoughts with your audience thank you man hey i really appreciate that as well pete are you in business for the right reasons? Are you just in it because? Think about it. All right, that's it for me. Thank you for tuning in to the business of fitness. We have a star-studded lineup coming your way, so make sure you tune in the next couple of weeks so you don't miss out. Move into this new year with the peace and love.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.